Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. How are you? Hello. I have just got a cup of tea. Oh, me too. You all right? It's yeah. that rock rock and roll. Isn't Remember, it? we used to, we used to drink. Um, well, you used to drink like Polish beer and all sorts of yeah. wonderful stuff, stuff like that. Wine. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now it's Friday night with a cup of tea. I know it's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> Hello and thank you for listening to episode 233 of 60 Minutes with... I almost fucked that up then, but I... <laughs> no, nobody will notice. If Did you I, forget, forget what podcast we I are? I forgot everything. I forgot where I was. The whole thing I just sort of blacked out, I think, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's carry on. This is still, I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, the entertainment show for February and March 2020. We Sponsored by Below the Belt Grooming. And of course, as you've heard, as always, I'm joined by Chris. Hello. 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 Wow. <laughs> that was a shaky start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we have been putting a few more shows out, so you'd think that you'd have 60 minutes with sort of ingrained in your, your mind and your brain at, at the minute, but no, Mate. it's obviously it's fucked with my brain, and I just I didn't know where I was then. Mm. Yeah, that could make for an interesting show going forward. Yes. Well, anyway, are you okay? Are you all right? Uh, yeah, I'm not too bad, apart from apart from poo problems with <laughs> with stuff going on. <laughs> poo problems. Oh yeah, poo problems. All to do with medication that I'm on. <laughs> do, do you need a what? What do they call it? Um, where they stick a pipe up your bum. What's oh, Dynarod. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, I need my drains clearing desperately. Do, yeah. Yeah. Do you need a, a coffee enema? Is that it? A coffee enema. <laughs> That's. I've, a, I've not heard of a coffee enema. What's one of those? I've I've heard of them. I don't exactly know what it is though. Coffee enema. I've just typed it. Look. See, I just, all I did was type in coffee yeah. and then e n in and then into Google, and it's come up enema. Um, let's have a look. You, That's you, yeah, I've never seen that at Starbucks. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should. You know. Um, mm. What does what does a coffee enema do? <laughs> um, so let's have a look. Oh no! Oh God! Why is the fucking anyway? Um, coffee enema. It, it's all up there. It's 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 in yeah. What is a coffee enema? It, it's a type of colon cleanse used in alter in alternative medicine. Uh, during the procedure, a mixture of brewed caffeinated coffee and water is inserted into the colon through the rectum. Oh. There you are. Coffee enemas may have originated from German physicians searching for a, a cancer treatment in the early 1900s. Um, coffee enemas are thought to stimulate bile flow. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 And the production of uh, gluta something and a deoxy detoxifying and fucking antiox fuck bloody De- hell none of us are good with our words what a, uh, what a marvelous podcast this will be as we both trip over our words uh, yeah but these are at least you know yours is just remembering the show that we're on <laughs> this is actually trying to say detoxifying antioxidant there you go. Uh, so there you are. Um, 
Apparently, it can relieve constipation, boost immunity, and increase energy. Mm. Well, I'm sat here with a cup of tea. Would that work? Uh, you could try it. Could get do. Tina to, to, you know, get a, a hose pipe out the yeah. garden, stick it up your hooter, and then, um, yeah, then... Pour, pour some tea in there. Nice not, boi- not hot tea, not boiling. You oh, don't no. want it. Make sure it you know, cools down a little bit first. You don't want to, you know... Well, you can buy them. Oh, my God. You can buy, you can buy them from... From where's it? Organic enema coffee. Don't get it mixed up with your usual coffee that you drink. I should think. Yeah, your gold blend. Yeah, don't get those mixed up, especially if oh. it's just come out of you and you put it in a jug or something. Don't. Unless you yeah. don't like somebody, maybe you could do. I'm going to get some Amazon here and see if you can buy them for. Because uh, yeah, just if you can, then people can click on our website and uh, they can buy their coffee enema kit from uh, through the link on our website as yeah. well. Yeah, everybody's a winner then. Everybody's pooing and we get our little cut. That's good. Coffee enema. Here we go. If you can, this is amazing. Oh, my God. You can as well? What the fuck? You can buy enema kits. Home (laughs) enema kit. (laughs) Oh, God. It's like, um, so when... Um, our kids were born and you know you buy these little kits and they've got usually like nail clippers and Hmm. things like that in them there was one thing in there and it was like like um got a little pipe kind of thing and a like a a bulb shape and you you pressed it and it like pushed air out of it you you know what i'm kind of saying it's like like, yeah you know so anyway i was like what the fuck's this um but apparently it's like if your baby has got a blocked nose or whatever you stick it up their nose i mean good luck with that because you know trying to get to the (laughs) um and then you you use it to suck out the snot you know i guess is the thing that's the point of it well anyway i was telling the guy at work about this and he said, yeah, 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 I've never used one of them. But when my baby or when my my kids, you know, had a blocked nose, um, I've actually sort of like put my mouth over their nose and sucked out the snot oh with my mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that now, is vile. It is gross. Now, maybe, I don't know if he was trying to get me to sort of like try it just as a trick, but... <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me if he did actually do that because that, you know, but that is nasty. Oh, um, that's nasty. That is nasty. Um, yeah, if you want one, if you're on Amazon Prime, you can get mm. one tomorrow because they are available. Uh, a premium enema stainless steel enema bucket kit suitable for home, water and coffee colon cleansing. So there you go. It's all, it's, it's all there. It's all on Amazon. Um, so go to the, the link on our website and order yourself a coffee enema and see how it let us know it goes yeah yeah <laughs> send us an email <laughs> no videos though please just an email just the email will do yeah That's fine. yeah well moving on from shit talk i, I just want a little bit of ball talk <laughs> as well it's, it's gonna be shit talk for the next two hours let's be honest yeah that's true nothing nothing new there <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i worked off obviously our sponsors of these shows below the belt grooming uh yeah. We did talk in the last show, mate, that you obviously you've used them their products for quite a while now, and mm. I said to you, oh, it's a good job you have, because you're going to need them because you were just about to do your half marathon, which you've done, haven't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did the half marathon, and I did put some on my uh, taters before I started running, mm. and um, and yeah, they they definitely didn't chafe. They work. It worked. Felt fresh as a daisy afterwards. Uh, my my balls did the rest of me wasn't um 
but yeah, um, it's like my balls were sort of like the, you know, a, a, a place of serenity and the rest of me was just a big sweating mess. Um, no, they, they're, they're great. I mean, I, I always use them. I've got, you know, I've got a couple of, couple of tubes in the, um, in the bathroom. I, I'm always a little bit worried because they are not far from the toothpaste. And my, <laughs> if my kids, you know, in, in, in a daze in the morning when they're trying to brush their teeth, they actually use a bit of the ball cream. So, but you know, I've never actually used it on my teeth. It might, might be nice. Yeah, it, it could be, yeah. Who knows? But um, better on your balls, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we missed out. I thought afterwards, it's when you'd finished the half marathon, mate, and I thought, oh, we've missed out on a great marketing opportunity for Below the Belt. Because do you remember those Shaw antiperspirant uh, adverts? Uh-huh. Yes. You know where they used to have the stencil of like the logo? It looked like a tick. It looked like a Nike tick in a way, didn't it? Yes. And they'd put it on somebody's back normally, and they'd spray Shaw over it, and then the person would go out and do something energetic, like run a half marathon or something. Yeah. And then it cut to them, didn't it, afterwards... And like the, the back where the shore was sprayed would be nice and fresh and dry and everywhere else was covered in sweat. I thought we could have done that with you. I've got all the filming equipment, of course. We could have done a little promo piece. You could have put like below the belt grooming product, say on your left ball. <laughs> kept your right ball free. You do your half marathon and then we can film you and you'll like go across the line in slow motion. You know, breaking breaking the, uh, the the ribbon because of course you'd be first, and then you drop your uh-huh. pants, and then we'll see like your left ball, nice and fresh and dry, and yeah. your right one all sweaty. I thought <laughs> that would be like the perfect you know marketing tool that, for them. I, I could have actually you know just before the finish line taken my shorts off and just run across the line. <sighs> With my bollocks hanging out. But, yeah, you're also kind of uh, – I think you're overestimating, you know, me a little bit because you're saying you, know, you could cross the line in slow motion. But after 14 miles, I was in fucking slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, uh, they are all – I mean, you know, they are great. We're not just saying that because they sponsor the show. They they are fantastic. Mm. And, yes. And, and we have had a few people who've um, – bought stuff or had prizes sent to them haven't they we have yeah and that's this is where we almost sound professional mate speaking of prizes from below the belt um they've got a nice little little package put together oh just like mine (laughs) just like your little package mate nice and nice fresh little package um to give away for this episode uh but dear listeners this this is where i put the listeners on the naughty step mate Mm. Um, because I wanted, we do get, like I said, I've said before, we're in a lucky position. We get loads of stuff to give away for free. And I did want some of the stuff to be just for the podcast listeners. And I thought, what, what can you do? Well, send an email is about the easiest thing, isn't it? Listeners, you didn't send us very many emails last time. In fact, and we've got a good idea how many people listen to the show. We got one person sent us an email. <laughs> one out of all the people Bloody. that listen to us everywhere. Oh. So, as much as it pains me to do it, I'm extending the giveaways on this to Twitter as well. But I thought of a way that we can still keep it, that podcast listeners still get a bit of an advantage in in a way. Mm. So, the Below the Belt giveaway for this episode will be advertised on Twitter. And I know everybody listening to this hasn't got Twitter. Um, And I'll do the usual retweet thing, which, of course, gives more promotion to Below the Belt as well, which is a good thing. So, every, every time somebody retweets it on Twitter, they get one entry into the random draw. For every email that we get from the listeners, you'll get five entries into the draw. 
So let's let's see what happens. Mm. So I'm going to run this until we're on the 3rd of April now. I'll give it a couple of weeks. Let's say uh, midnight UK time on the 17th of April. Get us an email. Uh, and again, put in it what you want. Just let us know it's for the competition and uh, put in what you want. And you'll get five entries into the random draw. And maybe you could win the nice little bundle that below the belt are putting together. Mm, mm. Definitely. And join in Do on Twitter as well. If you're on Twitter, of course, join in on Twitter as well, because you'll get a few chances to retweet it as well. Yeah, do it. Hmm. You know, people have got a bit more time on their hands now. Do hmm. it. It's not going to take you long. Just... I know. And we've got so much good stuff to give away. We're giving away currently a box set worth 60-odd quid, I think it is. Mental. Yeah. I know. And we got, oh, if only they knew the good stuff we got to give away soon as well, mate. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving on. I have an apology as well. I did this on the Decade of Decadence show, the last one I did with Tom. But I know everybody doesn't listen to every show. So just for those of you listening now that don't listen to that, um, you're very naughty again. Go and listen to them. Uh, but yeah, I have an apology for the last entertainment show. Uh, I forgot to edit out the spoiler for the Golden Glove. <laughs> it was um, a mate of mine, Ike. He, um, he messaged me. It was only a few hours after it went online. And he said, I think you've missed something out on the edit, mate. And then I went and listened to it. And I had... Um, what I should have put at the end, the spoiler for the Golden Glove, I was going to put after the music, I left it in there. But my excuse, and it's a fucking good one, is I was very, very ill when I was editing the show. And two hours after I put it online, uh, I was in an ambulance being rushed to hospital. So I think that's a good excuse. Uh, Dan, I've heard some excuses. You know, the dog ate my homework, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> But I suppose we'll give you, we'll give you that one. We'll yeah. let you off. I shouldn't have edited it, to be honest with you, mate. I was feeling like shit, and then um, hence why the it was only one fuck up though. The rest of it was okay. Could have been worse. Oh, could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. it could have been a lot worse. So hopefully, no edit fuck ups on this one. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, you know, it's a good start. You you kind of forgot which yeah. podcast we are, but you yeah. Know. So yeah, it could be all over the fucking place by the time we're finished. <laughs> Uh, right, I'm going to start, mate. I've got a podcast recommendation to begin. Ooh. Mm. Now, you know, we've both said many times one of our all-time favourite documentaries, Abducted in Plain Sight. Mm. We've, we've talked about it loads of times, haven't we? Uh, there's a podcast about it. Okay. Ooh. Great thing about it, it's only four episodes. Well, actually, it's five episodes, but the first episode's only three minutes long. You know, it's one of those introductions to the series. So, really, it is four episodes. Each episode is only about 50 minutes long, so you can blast through all four really quickly. Uh, it's called Obsessed with Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh, okay. Um, it's from the film's director, Sky Borgman. Uh, and it's got, uh, there's a series apparently called, because I don't listen to true crime podcasts. I know they are huge, and I know Ben listens to them, doesn't he? Yeah, he uh, does. There's some called True Crime Obsessed, and there's a guy on there called Patrick Hines. So it's him, it's Patrick and Sky that are on it. And they take you behind the scenes of everything. They've got all new interviews that they've done after the documentary was made. Uh, they play all deleted scenes from the documentary. They tell you about, I mean... We've said before, it's one of those where you go, what the fuck? So many times while you're watching it, there's stuff cut out of it. Stuff that obviously really happened that they couldn't put in 
because it was too much. What the fuck? Really? <laughs> more of that going into it. Bloody You've got hell. never heard before audio journals, which have been recovered from the FBI. You've even got the kidnapper himself, who's who's saying stuff. Some of the stuff he says, mate, just make your skin crawl. Oh, oh and they've got interviews with other people that were in it. It's really good. Uh, so if you've watched Abducted in Plain Sight, go and download Obsessed with Abducted in Plain Sight. Like I said, four episodes, less than an hour each. And if for some reason you haven't watched Abducted in Plain Sight, go and watch that first and then listen to the podcast. It's really mm. good, mate. Very, very good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very good. How much have you got, by the way? I just that I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven films, Ooh. and then our double, double dip stuff. Um, and one, one, but I mean, the, the film stuff is relatively quick. Yeah, I mean, all my stuff's pretty quick. I've got I've got two TV that I'll just blast through really quick. Uh, I've got four documentaries. Obviously, I've got documentaries. Yeah, uh, and I've got one, two, three, four, five films, Ooh. and and the double dip, of course. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Well, I I kind of got like a report card because like obviously I take a lot of my recommendations from yourself. So can I just report back on the boys? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Which, which you mentioned in the last episode, which yeah. is on Amazon Prime. Um, and uh, so yeah, we started watching this, and I wasn't sure if Kay would go for it because mm. she she likes fantasy stuff, but she doesn't like really violent stuff. So she kind of checked out of um, Game of Thrones. Uh, when that started to yeah. become really violent, yeah, I did and I did the same. I just got bored of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, and then um, you know, so she's she she'll sit and watch stuff, but if if it's too violent, so I, I first and foremost, I should say, I mean, we haven't watched the whole thing yet. We've got um, three episodes left. There's mm. eight eight in total, um, and the ones that we've watched so far, we're really into it. I mean, I think I'm probably into it more than she is, but you know, she's finding it funny as well so the, yeah she, it, she the, the script is very good i mean it's funny i mean it's dark um it, uh, you've watched you've seen Watchmen, i'm guessing yes yeah um so i, I was a, quite obsessive with Watchmen at one point before the film came out um the the graphic novel by alan moore to a point where you know i just kind of um read it and reread it and you know just got really into it hmm. uh, and um then when the film came out, it, the film is pretty much a carbon copy of the graphic novel to a certain degree, uh, you know, which, you know, it, it, I, 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 I haven't seen the film for a while. I, I saw it at the cinema and, you know, there, there's a lot that I like about it. Then there's some which some things which I'm not so fussed about. Yeah. Where do you stand on it? Um, yeah, I was. Uh, Tina loved it. Um, she's more of a fan of it than I am. I was. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I did find myself getting a bit. Ooh, okay, come on, wrap it up towards the end. Um, mm, it, it is a bit. I mean, they've released an ultimate edition, which I imported um, on Blu-ray, which includes the uh, the Black Freighter. I think it's called. Is it called the Black Freighter? So that's like a, in the com in the comic. That's like a comic within the comic, like kind of. So they've they've added that into the main story as well. So that I think takes it over three hours in in length. Um, but I think Mark Kermode summed it up. You know, it's it's all well and good having a, a, a love for the source material, but kind of just copying it almost like, you know, page by page. Yeah. It's it's not 
always the best way. But I mean, saying that Sin City did that. But that, say again, I, when Sin City came out, I was loved it. Thought it was brilliant. Then I rewatched it a few years uh, ago, or re- relatively recently. And I'm not sure whether it stands up as well as my I, oh. I, I, I thought when I first watched it. Um, I, I, that's the first double bill that I actually went to see was uh, Sin City, and then A Dame to Kill for, which was a, they showed them back to back. Uh, but anyway, I digress. So this does remind me a lot of Watchmen. So it's essentially, well, if there were superheroes living today, um, you know, people look at the Marvel superheroes and just and DC and they just see the, the good, if you like, and the bad ones. Well, what if the good guys were actually bad guys or, you know, shitbags? And these are to a certain <laughs> degree and pretty much, you know, most of them are. Um but I think it's great. I mean, there's some standout performances. I mean, all of them are really good. But I think you mentioned uh, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander. He's yeah. like really sort of like threatening. You know, he does it so well, but he's sort of like so two-faced about it as well. Um, some of the scenes in it are just, you know, like the, the, the scene with the plane, I'm not going to say any more, oh, was God, just yeah. Yeah. fucking awesome, yeah. you know, but terrifying at the same time. Um, yeah, and... Um, Carl Urban, I've also said it before, I love Carl Urban. I <laughs> he's think he's great. great. Yeah, he's absolutely brilliant in the what probably the lead role is Billy Butcher. Is he supposed to be British then? Because I mean, the, yeah, they, he, he does sort of a. It's like a Cockney it's kind. It's supposed of. to be Cockney, and it does sort of fluctuate between. Yeah, it's not bad to. That's quite laughable, but yeah, he does yeah. say he does say cants quite a lot. He, I was going to say he just basically calls everybody cunt, which yeah. is he's awesome. I mean, he's he's brilliant, um, and then. Um, Jack Quaid, who I didn't realise until I looked into him a little bit, is um, what's he called? Oh, what's his dad's name? Fuck. Um, Dennis Quaid, Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid, yeah. Dan, he's uh, he's the son of Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid, mm. and Randy Quaid is his uncle. Um, so yeah, but now I know that I can actually see that in his face. I can see the the there's a bit of a likeness mm-hmm. there with with Dennis Quaid, but he's really good as well. I mean, like I said, all the cast are great. It's just it's funny in places. Um, you know, it's tense and it's scary in places, and it's but it's just it's really good, really well put together. We're absolutely loving it. You know. Um, and yeah, interesting to see where it goes because, like I said, we've got three episodes of it left. Uh, but thank you for that recommendation. Oh, I knew good. I knew I was going to watch it, but yeah. it's just it's just uh, you know finding the time. But now yeah. we've we, we've uh, we can say sitting down in the evening and 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 yeah, Kay's into it. There's some really funny lines. Uh, just done again. Not going to give anything away, but um, Butcher and um, Mother's Milk have just gone into a, a hospital and they found a baby and the baby. Um, does stuff. <laughs> That's yes. all I'm going to say. It is. Oh, Tina, Tina is gutted because Homelander was due to come to a Comic Con over here in this summer, which of course now has been cancelled. Yeah. Uh, and she was very much looking forward to meeting him. Um, yeah. She, she she likes Homelander a lot. Yeah. yeah. He's um he's from New Zealand as well. Looking at this, but I didn't realise that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, if you look at a picture of him on IMDb because he's got dark hair in real life. Mm. He looks totally different yeah yeah so they've given him like bleach blonde sort of hair hair style but yeah interesting see i mean again didn't realize that elizabeth uh she was in it as well and um it's very good really really good but very grown up and oh you know, god yeah definitely very violent in places but yeah it's cool 
I think they've uh, completed Series 2 as well, so that's ready. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure when it's going to drop on Amazon. I think it's towards the latter end of this year. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, wicked. Mm. So, yeah, just want to thank you for that one. Uh, yeah, go on then. Uh, I'll throw it back to you. Okay, uh, right, quickly. I've got two TV. I'll just go through them quickly. I'm sure everybody listening has watched them both by now, but I just wanted to, for anybody that hasn't, uh, The Mandalorian on Disney Plus uh, is absolutely brilliant because it's a clint eastwood spaghetti western uh, see i haven't it watched is. it i haven't watched it yet oh, well i was um, you know i'm i'm more star trek than star wars we're re going through the star trek films again uh we've been watching picard which to be honest i'm getting a bit bored of mm. i think we've got two more episodes to go and it's becoming a bit of a chore for me um, well, any you know me, mate. Any TV show really <laughs> takes a lot to hold my attention. I'm always for the films. Uh, this was brilliant, uh, and it was, and, it, and it's been said everywhere. Really, it is. It's a spaghetti western, um, and it's got it plays out like if you view it as though it's Clint Eastwood underneath the mask, and it's the the whole storyline is brilliant. Of course, it's got Baby Yoda in it that the whole world went crazy about. Um, but it's really every episode is very entertaining. Uh, looks amazing, held my attention throughout, which is a massive plus for me, like I said, with any TV show. So that that's worth watching. One that's on Netflix, uh, of course, is The Witcher. We've both played the game, well, playing the game. Uh, Henry Cavill as the mm. lead role of, of Geralt. Yeah. Now, this was a bit of a weird one. Obviously, watching it, Henry Cavill, awesome. The Witcher, awesome game. Uh, you, It does help, definitely, if you've got some sort of knowledge of the game or the world, I mean, because of course it was books before it was a game uh, of the world before watching it, you can sort of find yourself getting a little bit lost during the first couple of episodes until you sort of find out, oh, okay, because it messes around with the timeline. It's not all linear. You're jumping around from past and future and so on. And mm. it's throwing so many characters at you as well. Uh, so it's only really about episode three or four when things start to click and you go, ah, okay. And you don't feel as lost with it all. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I think if I hadn't played The Witcher before and it wasn't Henry Cavill in it, I might have dropped out of it before it mm. finished. It was one of those. It has got me playing The Witcher again, though. So that's mm. a good thing. Mm, interesting. Yeah, again, it's on my radar. I will get around to watching mm. it. But um, yeah, both of those I've heard these, you know, good things about the Mandalorian. Um, mixed things about The Witcher. Mm -hmm. Some people really like it. Some people are like, meh. It's yeah, okay. I was on the fence about it. Yeah. So mm. that's my Thanks. that's my TV stuff. Cool. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but Friday Night Dinner has returned. Oh, we uh, watched. Yeah, we watched the first one on Friday. Ah, oh, brilliant. So yeah, we we sort of like probably queuing them all up because we like to watch them in a block. So um, yeah. But yeah, I love that show. Yeah, it's always good to have. Another yeah. recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, shall I jump in? I've got a, another report card. Oh, go on then. Back. So this one you mentioned last time is uh, Little Monsters. Oh, okay. Uh, which is on uh, Sky at the moment. I'm sure you mentioned it. This is the one about mm, set I in did, Australia. Yeah. Yes, set in Australia. And a, um, a the, well, I guess you call them receptions sort of school kids like primary school kids uh go on a field trip and um 
one of the characters called Dave, he, he just, he split up with his girlfriend and he's a bit of a loser and he, but you know, he, he drops off his nephew at, uh, at school and he falls in love with the teacher. And he, so he ends up sort of like pretending to be a, a you know, he a volunteer and he wants to help out and the zombie apocalypse breaks out, you know, a zombie outbreak uh, happens. And so it's, it's really funny. It, it is really good. I really enjoyed it as well. And the fact that it's like an hour and a half, it's, hmm. you know, it's just a, perfect so um yeah I, I really enjoyed that as well some really good performances and at the end of it you know um the i think you said like the the ukulele and the, the use of songs in it's really good as well yeah. um it's just it's really funny it's really heartwarming really enjoyed it yeah and the pervy children's presenter <laughs> yeah josh <laughs> josh gad <laughs> yeah he's a right twat but yeah, yeah. but funny mm-hmm I'm glad you enjoyed that, mate. That's, that's yeah, good. so you know, I do try my best to sort of like uh, have a look at some of the stuff that you recommend. But, um, but there you go. I'll do a couple more for the kids because it's coming up to Easter, yeah, yeah, and the, the kids are at home at the moment quite a lot. So we've watched a couple of kids' films. So uh, one of them being uh, The Lion King. Oh, is this the, uh, the newest one? The, the new one with John Favreau. Who, yeah, uh, you know, just talking about the Mandalorian. Um, links to that. So it's it's pretty much uh, like essentially a re you know it's it's like for like of the cartoon version. Have you you've not seen this yet? Or? I haven't seen the new one now. No. So it's it is like for like, um, except the animation is like it's it's amazing. You know, it, it's like photo realistic. Um, it, you know, it's crazy. You know, the the the, the mouths move and everything else, and so. But you know, you know, it's not a real lion as such, but it just looks incredible. It really does. Um, all the songs there. There's a couple. There's a new song because Beyonce's in it, so of course she had to do a song, didn't she? Um, and uh, but it's. I mean, Donald Glover plays the the adult Simba, um, and I like him, you know. And uh, there's a few. Vo- I mean, um, I never know how you pronounce his his name. Um, he's in loads. Of ch- I'll tell you in a second. Um, oh, he was in Twelve Years a Slave. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Chuetilla Ejafor. He does the voice of Scar. Um, and then you've got James Earl Jones who returns as Mufasa. Cause I mean, who the fuck else can do Mufasa? Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, so it's got, I mean, but my, my only complaint of it is that the whole time, you know, when, you know, say Scar was on screen or whatever, I just kept imagining Jeremy Irons because he did such a brilliant job with the voice in the animated version that you, you kind of thought about then and Nathan Lane as um um I forget which ones they are it's t- either Timon or Pumba I think it's Timon uh you know and and um oh, what's his name Rowan Atkinson you know so he, as much as I kind of in, I, I did enjoy it to a certain degree I just kept thinking about the original voice cast yeah. and how much better they were um so it it's we all sat down together as a family and watched it and you know if you've seen the lion king you've seen the lion king so you know what's going to happen um but yeah it's it's okay Hmm. um it's okay um but i suppose one of the biggest recommendations i got 
was a surprise one. Um, I knew that it came out, I think, last year because um, I saw the adverts for it on TV, but didn't pay any attention to it. I thought it was a little bit too old for Lucy. But we were just looking for something to watch. Again, this is on Sky at the minute. It's called The Kid Who Would Be King. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. With Joe Cornish, who directed it, who uh, directed Attack the Block, which I wasn't a massive fan of, I have to say. I don't know if you saw that it, yeah it was that was okay it wasn't wasn't great but it was it was okay yeah at the time i think it was heralded as like a really really kind of smart and you know mm. interesting movie but i just didn't like only oh, it's got john boyager in it as well i didn't like the characters at all i just thought that they were all shit bags and you know just but anyway um whereas so we i didn't realize he directed this so this is like a retelling of the king arthur legend but with kids um and it's really good we really enjoyed it uh it's really funny it's got some good action scenes in it uh lucy enjoyed it as well um patrick stewart pops up as an aging uh merlin um but it, it is a film aimed at kids but it's also got i think as with some of the best kids films you know messages about believing in yourself and you know not giving up and all that kind of stuff but it's done it in not necessarily a patronizing way and um and yeah we really enjoyed it lucy thought it was great um and the lead actor the guy who, who plays the the um uh, what's his name? Alex, who's mm. sort of like the, the, if you like, the King Arthur type character. His name is uh, Louis Ashbourne Circus. And I, 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 I'm just looking now. I should have researched this. But with that surname, I mean, yes. you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> he is. is he? he? Is, is he is, really? Yeah. He is his he, son, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I is mean, Andy, Andy, yeah, Andy Serkis' son. And he's, again, great. You know, you can tell he's he's very good in the, in the role. And, um, you know, obviously talent runs in that family. So, um, but we really enjoyed it. It's it's it is a it's a, the story of King Arthur, but done for kids. And I know that's been done before by Disney and whatever. But this is just a really good way of, of doing it. And it's a British film as well, so it kind of it feels quite close to home. And uh, it's great. Really, is a, it's a cracking film. Um, and that's probably my highlight of the, the films that I've watched over the last week and or couple or two uh, in terms of like kids movies and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the lad that's in it that plays the young Merlin, yeah, really reminded us of Richard E. Grant in With Nail and I. Yeah, really he's good. really good. Yeah, he's really yeah. good in it. But the film is a bit tainted for us. Really, we both enjoyed it, but it's the film we were watching the first time that we saw Bodie, who's our pet dog, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know, have his one of his seizures. It's the first time we saw him having one. Oh no way! Yeah, and we we really did think that we he was having because we didn't know until then obviously that it was you know he was having seizures uh we thought he was having a heart attack and dying before our eyes <laughs> so whenever i think of that film i remember vividly both of us going oh fuck fuck what's going on he's, he's having a heart attack he's dying it was oh yeah it was horrible mate oh shit uh, yeah so that's that sort of tainted the film a bit for us really <laughs> bloody hell just um looking at the the cast as well and so here's a guy he you've mentioned the witcher he's a nice link to that the woman who plays Alex's mom, she does the voice of Yennefer in the Witcher ah, video game. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, Didn't know that, but there you are. Hmm. Yes, and um, Yennefer is very nice in the uh, video game. So, what's she like in the the TV show? 
Uh, she's still very nice. You see she's her. saucy, bitch. Yeah, well, you see her first, and she's all <laughs> she's all crept up and hunchbacked and and a bit sort of you know all over the shop. She's uh, but she still gets her tits out, and gets naked, even with a humpback and everything, and has a shag. Um, and then she turns more beautiful through different things happening, and uh-huh. she has another shag as well. Oh, there you go. On the back of a unicorn? There's no unicorn sex. Tina was, like, furious that there was no unicorn sex, especially with, you know, Henry Cavill, him going out on a unicorn. Oh, what a cop-out. Anyway, I'll pop it back over to you. Uh, I'll fly through the documentaries. I've got four documentaries. Uh, The first one's on Netflix. Uh, It's Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks. And I know you like your martial arts films, mate. Yeah. Uh, And this is, it's a history of Hong Kong martial arts, cinema, all its influences. Uh, And it's one of the good things. It's not just talking heads, because you get a lot of documentaries that are like that. Although there's some great stories from like Scott Atkins is is in there. And there's just like so many people. It goes on and on and on. But it shows some amazing clips of films. But it starts way back when. And it goes from like the early days of martial arts films and goes through stuff. And there was a load of stuff I'd never seen before. A load of films I'd never seen before. So it was one of those I'm sat there with, you know, pen and paper going, oh, right, there's one to put on the, to watch this. There's another one. Uh, but it, it was really interesting. It's the running time. I think it's it's not too, if I'm just looking at hour 47. Flies by, mate, um, because it's, it's pumping out. Really interesting story, followed by a clip from a, an awesome film, followed by some another clip, and then some more great stories. So if you're into martial arts films, which I know you are, mm. uh, Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks is a definite watch for you, easily. I'm sure you'll enjoy that one. That sounds amazing. I'm just mm. I'm holding a video, a VHS in my hand now, um, and it is the best of martial arts. And this came out in, I think it was around 1990, and I remember renting it then, uh, and I so loved it so much. I mean, it's available on YouTube, um, but I loved it. And it is clips of just tons of martial arts movies. And it's narrated by John Saxon. And, oh, wow. uh, you know, so you've got and it kind of, it, well, it says here, um, yeah, the greatest martial arts action ever in one feature length collection. And it's got, um, you know, behind the scenes of the, 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 amazing movies such as china o'brien uh and cynthia rothrock you know talking about how she got mm-hmm. into martial arts but this isn't a documentary is just a, a, an excuse to put all together loads of different clips but it talks to you it tells you about like sammo hung and jackie chan uh yun Bu and how they all got together and, and the, the peking opera school and how they trained as kids and then became actors and so it is I wouldn't call it a documentary as such, but it does talk to the actors behind the movies and how they trained and then talk about certain scenes and how Jackie Chan was influenced by Buster Keaton, which is why there's a lot of comedy in his movies, as well as the spectacular stunts and action, which he did, you know, himself. Uh, It's it's about his influences and how he, why his movies were funny. Whereas Bruce Lee's movies tended to have a lot more sort of like intensity to them. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's uh, so um there you are and it's uh yeah 1990 it's just it just so happens that i do have that vhs <laughs> because and i don't own many vhs anymore because you know not many people do i guess but mm. um this was one because i couldn't get it on dvd so yeah. i went out bought it on vhs uh from ebay um and then discovered that it's on youtube anyway so <laughs> 
it's good to have though isn't it it's good yeah definitely yeah so that's yeah. a nice little slice of uh, nostalgia but i will be checking that out because that sounds pretty much like a the same type of thing it is yeah i'm sure you love it and just as a little tease to the listeners as well one of the upcoming remastered interview shows with me and tom on the decade of decadent shows uh is going to be with cynthia rothrock so, <sighs> yeah i loved her when i was a kid yeah, yeah i'm going to re-release that later this year so keep your ears open for that one uh, another documentary this one's on netflix again uh, it's called the Kingmaker, and it's about and you might when i say you might think fuck me that's going to be boring it's about imelda marcos of course the first lady of the philippines way back when during the 80s as well uh, probably mostly known over here or worldwide uh, for her shoe collection there was a documentary that was made and it highlighted all the fucking thousands and thousands of shoes that she's got. This documentary, mate, whether whether you've heard of the Marcos family or not, is it was like a prime example of money, power and corruption and how the people who are in power basically can do whatever the fuck they want without mm. reproach and normally get away with it. I mean, they didn't in the end. They were ousted from the country, but she's come back into it. And her son now was, is going, was going for the vice leader. And the whole story of it, you sat there, we were sat there watching it going, how the fuck did you get away with that? Mm. It, was, it was one of those interesting ones, if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, the next two documentaries are my two favourite ones. Um, the Irish Pub is on Amazon Prime. Mm. It's about 75 minutes long. I smiled all the way through this, it was like putting on a Guinness-scented warm blanket around me. It was awesome. All it does is it goes round Irish pubs, but old-school Irish pubs. You know those like pubs you don't see anymore. No music in there, no TV in there. You know, really, really old pubs. Um, and, of course, it's talking to the landlords. It's talking to the patrons of the pubs. Amazing stories. Absolutely amazing. It's a feast for the eyes. It begins, the first pub that they go into, it was like, holy shit, that is incredible. Because people now are used to going into, you know, modern pubs, aren't you? It's so different. The, these are so old school. It was like, oh my God, that is so good. And they show you all the way around. And then the stories from the landlords and the patrons, are just hilarious. You know, proper old school pub characters that They've got their seat on the bar. They've got their their own glass or their own their own tankard that's behind, kept behind the bar just for them. Uh, and it was really really good. And again, it, it just made me smile all the way through it. And when it finished, and this is rare, I thought I could put that on right away again and watch it again. <laughs> it was uh, see, it's from two thousand and thirteen. It's currently on Amazon Prime, and uh, seventy five minutes flew by. Great stories, great people. Uh, and I think, you know, especially now, everything that's going on, one of those sort of feel-good documentaries to watch that makes you feel good about people as well. And you go, yeah, you're really nice. That's yeah. a fucking funny story. Uh, yeah, I'd love to be sat in a pub next to you and, you know, hear all these stories. It's really good, mate. Very, very good. Ah, mm. There's... um. <laughs> Excuse me. There's a um, a pub in Birmingham. I'm gonna have to find out what the, what the name is. I don't go out on pub crawls very often, but we went on a work pub crawl last year and um, went to a few places in Birmingham. And so th this place, it was almost like you were going into like um, you know like an old school um, garage where you'd get your car MOT or your car service oh, yeah, yeah. done. So you go through there, 
and then you go in and it is there's like these tiny little alcoves like i had to kind of crouch to get into them um and it said like on the sign outside no we don't serve fucking prosecco uh (laughs) (laughs) and it was like they they it, it felt like going into a bit of a time machine almost to the uh, 70s 60s and 70s because look they had that type of music on um they had incense burning they'd set they just served beer that was it they served just beer in an old school type of uh glass there was no lager it it was just you know just beer (laughs) and that was it i'm gonna have to find out the name of it it's crow anyway while you're carrying on but yeah that's it sounds like that like so there are places like that you know that um people will gravitate towards because you know like you said um pubs and bars they're different now they're like restaurants more oh that's it yeah yeah this is you know and they're saying there you're not distracted by you know like you said you know no food being served in there there's no music blasting out there's no tv screens it's people in there and you've got to talk to each other and that's the entertainment is people talking to each other so of course this is where all the great stories come out and you know the atmosphere in the place it just comes through the screen it's you know it made me think oh i'd love to do a tour of those pubs in ireland <laughs> and mm. visit as many as i could would be yeah that'd be a great little trip yeah and of course i've always wanted to try guinness in ireland as well anyway so yeah yeah that's yeah. an added bonus uh, the last documentary is, of course, my documentary recommendation for this episode. Um, I did, uh, in the podcast notes for the last one, I did put a little asterisk next to my recommendations for documentary and film. So I can do the same for yours as well, mate. If you've got any, I've, I've already marked for your sort of kids' recommendation film. Mm. Um, but for, the, you know, the main document, our main recommendations, they'll be in the podcast notes. Uh, it's only 40 minutes. It's on Netflix. Uh, and before I say the title of it, we've all gone through things in life where you go, oh, what if, you know, what if, oh, what if I hadn't left at this time and I wouldn't have met that person or what if it had turned left there and it turned right? What if, you know, there's loads of what ifs all the way through your life, isn't there? Mm-hmm. This documentary is the ultimate in what if, because there's a lot of them in it. It's called Long Shot, 40 minutes long. It's about a guy who is accused of murder in America. That's all you need to know. Everybody that's listening, please don't read up anything about it. It's one of those. I didn't know a thing about it. And it will spoil it if you if you start reading up on it. Just go to Netflix. Well, it's on Netflix, obviously, in the UK over here. Long shot, um, 40 minutes long, and just hold on for the ride because oh my god never in a 40 minute period have i been like gripping the seat of of my chair so much going fucking hell no way no way could that have happened really yeah and it is what if what if this followed by well well obviously that did happen but then what if this and it does it's incredible mate it's really incredible it's one of the it's probably my the best documentary that i've watched this year up to now never mind for this episode mm. um, yeah and at 40 minutes long you know there's there's no excuse not to watch it really mm. but yeah don't don't go reading anything up about it just trust me on this one um watch it and then let us know what you think because i was like holy shit i cannot believe what i'm watching and again it's one of those prime examples of real life 
playing out in such a way that if it was put into, you know, just like a fiction film, you'd go, that wouldn't fucking happen. That's ridiculous. And it all does, mate. It all does. And much more besides. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Wow. Mm. Mm. Um, I've got a couple more movies. So these yeah. we watched on Sky as well. Um, you watched this at the cinema. I think it was last year. Uh, Shazam. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, well, a bit like um, Big you know, but with superheroes, isn't it? You know, so uh, a young person gets transported into an older person superhero's body, and uh, and yeah, just learning to come to terms with it all. And you know, like the whole Spider-Man thing, you know, great power comes great responsibility, and all that stuff, sort of stuff. I think you said it yourself that if you've seen the trailer, you you've seen the film, yeah, <laughs> pretty much, haven't yeah. you? Um, which is a shame because, you know, there's some decent stuff in there if you just hadn't watched the trailer. Um, but no, I mean, it, it was, it was decent fun. I mean, it was okay. Um, y- you got Mark Strong who does what Mark Strong does best, you know, play um, intimidating bad guys. I think pretty much, you know, with he's, he's got a great voice as well, hasn't he? Um, it's, it's okay. I mean, it, it didn't, you know, move the earth for us. It, it was just entertaining enough. Hmm. Just, you know, two hours passed by. I can't really tell you much more about it. <laughs> I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it, I, that, that was it really. It was, it just, it was entertaining and that was nothing more, nothing really kind of memorable about the whole thing. It was just, it was okay. I, I think you said pretty much the same, didn't you? It was, um, wasn't a, the best superhero film you've ever watched, but it wasn't, it wasn't crap either. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it was sort of middle of the road when it was, like you said, all the best jokes were definitely in the trailer. Yeah. Um, another one on Sky and totally changing um, tack is Pet Cemetery, the, the new version. Have you watched this? Uh, I think think we might have which could say a lot about it um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we um, might have done yeah so i i've not read the book i've got the audio book to listen to um and i've heard that it's very bleak um and i, I think i'm sure that i've read or heard somewhere that stephen king may have regretted sort of the ending i don't know the mm-hmm. the ending how close it is to the the movie then there's the is it 80s or 90s version which um i've seen but i can't remember a great deal about if i'm being perfectly honest so um yeah the, the story is is that a new family moved to um uh, the a quieter life and discovered that they've got a uh, pet cemetery behind where they you know live and uh the the story is that somebody dies then you can bury them and then they will come back to life but they bring something back with them and then you know it all hell breaks loose um i liked it i must admit i found it quite creepy in places um it didn't do anything amazing it it wasn't the best horror film but it it, it was very nuts and bolts it was well put together um and it was entertaining for the, the, the you know, the hour and 40 minutes uh, that it lasted. It was, it was, and John Lithgow's in it, and John Lithgow's always good for a watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, again, average, I'd say, you know, sort of a, a three, three and a half star film. I can't remember what I gave it on Letterboxd. But, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was decent. Mm. Um, and, and, yeah. But I, I think probably one of the, the better, 
I think this is Stephen King, The Mist. You've seen that, haven't you, with Thomas Jane? Oh yeah, yeah. And that's a cracking horror film. Oh, yeah. uh, very that's, sort of. That's a bleak ending for you. That... If ever there was one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that that was all. Saw that at the cinema, and they did a black and white version of that. I'm sure mm. they. Did. Yeah. Um, which I'd imagine would have just kind of elevated it to you know another level. But um, yeah, it was it was entertaining enough. If you like your horror movies, then um, it was it's it's worth a watch. Yeah. Can't again can't say what it compares to in terms of the book or, uh, but uh, the, <laughs> there's it, again kids kids can be creepy sometimes that <laughs> kids bring you great joy and a lot of frustration but then there are times where you know there's the sort of the the theory that kids can see things that you can't see um and there's a scene in this that where there's a little boy and he's about sophie's age so he's about three and he can see a um a corpse and he, he's trying to tell his mom but you know his mom can't see it well <laughs> And the night or two after I'd watched this, Sophie woke up and she must have had a bad dream or something. So I went into her room and I said, yeah, OK, OK. You know, gave her a cuddle. And um, she said, Daddy, there's a monster. And I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like this. <laughs> so, yeah, if you've got kids... This may not be, particularly <laughs> young children, this may not be the best film to watch because um, it's not it's not pleasant. Um, you know, so there you go. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So, so you just ran out of the bedroom, did you? Just screaming? Yeah. yeah. So, right, okay, good night, yeah. bye. Yeah, you, you deal the, with the monster. <laughs> yeah, hid under the covers yeah. and that was it. Yeah. Um, I've got my I've got my highlight now, um, but I'll I'll pass it back to you if you've got you want. Okay. Well, you I'm glad you brought up Letterboxd, mate. Um, because again, if nobody knows, if you go to the Meet the Team page on the website, uh, those of us that were on Letterboxd, our details are on there. If you want to follow us and what we watch and our little mini reviews that we put on there. Uh, now I went on there. It was after we recorded the last entertainment show. And it was the last entertainment show where my documentary pick was Honeyland. And it was the one, you know, about the, the beekeepers in uh, mm. I think it was Macedonia. Absolutely brilliant documentary. Superb. And I thought, I don't know why. I, thought, I like reading reviews on Letterboxd as well. So I thought, you know what, I'll read a few of that Honeyland as well. And I found somebody that had given it half a star. Oh. And I was like, what the fuck? And then when they put their own little sort of blurb, they're a filmmaker as well. I was like, how the fuck can I use like a filmmaker but like half a star for Honeyland? You know, it's it's an amazing documentary, so well put together and everything. And then I read. Now I need to before I go any further, I need to say because I'm sure you might get people offended. Might get some vegans offended, mate, because oh. of what I'm gonna say. My daughter is a vegan and has been for five years now, which is before it became in sort of inverted quotes, fashionable to be one before it became more popular to be vegan and before vegan foods became, you know, more widespread on the shelves everywhere. So and that, we talked today on our WhatsApp. It's great. We've got a field at the back of us and I sent a video on our WhatsApp group of the little lambs out there. Mm. And it was through watching the lambs last year that I gave up eating lamb. I thought I can't eat lamb. <laughs> I watch them every year from the bedroom window. <laughs> wanking wanking oh look at that look at the fur on that bitch and then <laughs> no it's not fur wool it's not fur well we are in wales inbred sheep furry inbred sheep yeah uh bread for their silky fur 
and sexual attractiveness. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and me and Tina have cut down on our red meat and so on. But I'm still going to take the piss a little bit anyway. Um, not for vegans, but because you, it's like anything. You can go too far. Now, I think this person has gone too far. Each to their own. And that's fine. Everybody can have their own opinion. But this is how I found this person through this half a star review. So I thought, well, what else? You know, you're a filmmaker. I want to read some more of your reviews. Now, because this person is a vegan, and it, and this is a good idea. Again, don't get me wrong. They review the film, and then they also put vegan alert. And then they put points of, of what might offend vegans within this film. And that's good, I think. Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. So within, for um, Honeyland, uh, they put, obviously, you see loads of dead bees. Um, you do see some farm animals in distress being tied up and not treated very well whatsoever. Which, uh, me and Tina were watching it and was like, oh, fucking hell, you know. And they were the, the the people that were in it are twats in it that do it as well. So it's like you fucking twats, you know. <laughs> we'll save the animals and kill the people. So yeah, okay, that's good. And then I thought, well, I'd recently reviewed Phase Four for the website, which is a film about ants, and there's a lot of slow motion photography of real life ants. And, you, and I was pretty shocked as well. You do see them in slow motion, in close up being squashed by all sorts and like the ants explode as like rocks fall oh, on them. It's, it's horrible. So I thought, fair enough, you know, warn vegans that if phase four, you're going to see real ants be squashed and killed in slow motion in extreme close-up. Fair enough. Then it starts to get a little bit silly. <laughs> so I went through all the reviews and I'll give you some examples. I'll just give you one vegan alert from each of these next few films. And in fact, I have got I have got a little um, a little tune that I've made for Vegan Alert that we can put in um, if, if at any point we do decide that we do need to warn vegans. So uh, I'll just take a second and I'll play our Vegan Alert right now. Whee! Whee! So the first one that I read uh, was the film 1917. I don't think you've seen that yet. Me and Tina went to see it at the no, the no, I haven't seen it yet. No. And this is a weird one as a Vegan Alert. Whee! 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 It shows rats feeding on human flesh. Now, I think that would be a plus for vegans because it's animals getting their own back on humans, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't that be like a plus? It's like, fuck you, humans. The animals are getting their own back. That, yeah, I thought, why? <laughs> then, there's a film called Pact with the Devil. P-A-C-T, Pact with the Devil. Uh-huh. And one of the vegan alerts in it... Whee! <laughs> Is that as you see, an animal print bikini? Ooh, <laughs> it's not. Okay. It's not animal skin. It's animal print bikini. Really? Okay. Is, is that going to yeah. offend? Maybe just because it's a print. Ted two, vegan alert. <laughs> John throws a guitar at Ted. <laughs> he throws a guitar. At a teddy bear. It's not a real bear. It's a teddy bear. And vegans have got to be alerted about that. There's a film called, and I want to watch this just for the title, Helen Keller versus Night Wolves. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch it just for that. So, vegan alert. Some people joke that Helen Keller's dog 
committed suicide. It didn't. They just joked that a dog committed suicide. So you can't joke about something that wouldn't happen anyway. <laughs> as what? we As we descend ever further, I have two more. The penultimate vegan alert <laughs> is from Onward, the animated film. Spraying a dragon with a squirt bottle. Oh, God. An, an animated dragon, a creature which doesn't even exist in real life at all. Well, apart from here in Wales, obviously. An animated creature that doesn't exist gets squirted with a bottle. Oh. What? And then my favourite, mate. My favourite vegan alert. It's from Sonic the Hedgehog. The oh. latest film where Sonic, an animated blue hedgehog from another planet, refers to mushrooms as gross and smelly. Oh. An animated <laughs> character, doesn't exist, of a blue alien hedgehog refers to mushrooms as gross as smelly. Doesn't even eat them or anything. Just says they are smelly. That's a vegan alert. That's something that could offend vegans, mate. Really? really? Now, I started off, I agree with the Phase 4 stuff and the Honeyland. But when you descend into Sonic the Hedgehog, it's like, what the fuck? There's some classics, mate. I've, it's, I've loved the reviews purely for the vegan alerts. See, this is the thing. I mean, you know, it's great. You you know, choose not to eat meat and, you know, not where to wear animal products, etc. That's amazing. That's, you know, brilliant. But then it's wankers like that that just <laughs> make, you know, it makes it hard for the for the genuine people who just want to do it just for, oh, for, yeah. the, for their own beliefs. Then you get ridiculous arseholes that just do stuff like that. And, you, and it just ridicules everybody. It just it ridicules them all. You just think, fucking hell, come on. Really? Really? Well, I haven't talked to my daughter about it yet. I am going to have a, a conversation with her about it and get her views on it. And I will report back in the next entertainment show about what she thinks. You know, as someone, like I said, who's been a vegan for, for, for getting on for five years now. And it made me think, mate, would it be the case? So we make a film and I'm filming you and you've got pen and paper and you draw a chicken on a piece of paper. <laughs> and then you pick the piece of paper up and you rip it in half. Would that be a vegan alert that he drew a chicken and then he ripped the chicken in half and vegans would get offended at that? It might be, yeah. It wouldn't look like a chicken if I drew it. It'd look like a fucking cock. mess. A cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. So, yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. So really, we need, to, we need to watch out for vegan alerts going mm. forward, just in case any vegans listen to us. And if, if you do, if there's any vegans that listen to us, please get in touch and let us know what you think about that. Have we gone too far taking the piss? Yep. Or, or does it deserve taking the piss about? We'd love to know. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Um, right, I've got one, two, three, five films. I'll fly Ooh. through these ones. Go on then. Um, Richard Jewell. The latest Clint Eastwood directed film. Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I wanted to watch it. Obviously, directed by Clint Eastwood. Far better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, based on the true story of, of the, the bombing that he saved a lot of people from the bombing. Uh, how much of it's true, I don't. I'm not really sure. 
Uh, it is, there's enough of it that's true where you think, fuck me, an innocent man, or, or is he innocent? I mean, this is what it says as well, as well towards the end. Some people still think he's not innocent, uh, can be accused of stuff that he didn't do. It Again, it shows money, power, corruption, like, almost like the, the Kingmaker documentary that I talked about earlier. People have got power over other people, the way that they can manipulate things and make things seem different to what they are. I thought it was really good, held my attention. Awesome central performance by the central character. Um, oh God, I should have written his name down. Actually, thankfully, I brought it up. Who plays Richard Jewell. Sam Rockwell's in it as well, and obviously mm. Sam Rockwell is always great. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser plays Richard Jewell. He is amazing in it. Uh, it's worth watching just for his performance alone. Really, really good story, whether you know about the bombing and everything or, or not. Uh, another one, I've got to write the review for this. I haven't put it on the website yet. Uh, it's a film called Sea Fever. Uh, it's not out. I think it's out next week. And um, it's really good. Set in Ireland. It's an Irish trawler goes out to sea. There's a young girl who's gone on the boat with them doing studies underwater. Uh, you know, this marine biologist sort of character. Uh, and then this creature comes to the boat sounds like it could be oh i've seen it all before we watched underwater a few um, a few nights ago i thought it was absolutely shite uh, <laughs> i did i my one word review was underwhelming it was just awful i thought it was so <sighs> nothing i hadn't seen before awful cgi monsters in it as well it was just terrible uh this was far better character driven and it makes a change them not being American, which is what we're used to in films like this, the, the mm. Irish people on the boat. Um, and you really feel for the characters and what they go through. There's the odd little bit of gore in it, which works brilliantly when it happens for what they go through. Most, I'd say, oh, well, it is 99.9% set on, on this boat. So it's very claustrophobic. Uh, and then as shit hits the fan, you really feel for the characters. And of course, they can't get away. They're stuck on a boat. Brilliant. One that's come out of nowhere. Absolutely loved it. Sea Fever from 2019. Mm. Review will be on the website. Uh, paperback books that my dad used to read and I got into. Uh, and it's one of the best presents I've ever had off Tina because she bought me the whole collection of them. Um, the books are called Edge. They are very, very violent Western movies written, I think it was from the early 70s, mm. um, by an author called George G. Gilman. Awesome books, really fucking brilliant books. I didn't know a film had been made of it. Well, actually, it was a TV film. It was a pilot that Amazon did, and they'd done the pilot episode uh, an hour long, hoping it would go on to a series. Unfortunately, it didn't, which has really fucked me off. Yeah, I've always wanted an Edge film since forever. Tina knows from when she met me, early conversations where I love the Edge books, and there should always, you know, there should be a film about it. So then, when I found this was on um, on Amazon watched it and for a tv film it's written and directed by shane black there you go that should oh, say wow. something yeah. yeah so it's it's very good the character of edge is played very well how i imagined him in the book um uh, an actor called max max martini mm, sounds Ooh. like he should be in porn doesn't it really <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's violent as well there's some great violence in it I am gutted that it never made it to a series. I really am gutted. Um, so if I never get anything else, at least I've got this one-hour pilot. So, yeah, yeah, Edge is one to look out for. Uh, another one that we watched, loved it, The New The Invisible Man. Um, 
Ooh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's um, out to rent. Because that came out in the cinema recently, to didn't it? Rent because of... for sixteen quid, if you yeah, want to rent it. Yeah, <laughs> what, because what's what's going on? People obviously at the cinemas have shut down, um, and but you know they are bringing out some movies because I think they're bringing out the new Trolls movie. There's a few, isn't there? Hmm. Where that you know they, they so they're bringing it out on for home, which I think is it's a, a decent idea, but the the pricing of them, it's put me off. Put it like that. Oh, me too. I mean, we did have sort of a debate on Twitter about it, and a lot of people got involved. Uh, and of course, people were saying, well, you know, sixteen quid it's where they live, it's a it's a price of a cinema ticket anyway. Uh, where we are, it's a fi- it's a fiver each, and it's buy one get one free. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but even and then people were saying, well, you know, if it's a household, there could be like four people watching it, so it works out four quid each. But then you think about it, well, okay, so it's four quid each, but you're paying sixteen quid at the cinema. I want the cinema experience. I'm not getting the cinema experience at home, despite us having a big telly and a you know five one sound system. It's not in a massive cinema with top-notch sound, you can't compare, oh, well, all of you watching that. I'm watching it on my telly, so I should be getting a discount for that. If it was, I don't know, six quid, seven quid maybe, mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd might pay that to watch a brand new film. I know they've just put back the latest Top Gun film as well, haven't they, till December. A lot yeah. of the summer films are being bumped back. If some of them, Amazon, Netflix, wherever, you could pay six, seven quid and watch them, I would. I'm not paying 16 quid to rent it. I'll, I'll wait. Uh, well, you know, fucking downloaded it to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, yeah. But the thing, you know, you know, the, the size of my film collection, I am a film collector and I will. I really enjoy it. So I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray and, mm. you know, they're going to get money out of me. But I'll buy it on Blu-ray, and it'll be cheaper new than it would be just to fucking rent it. Yeah, I think that's it is a bit of a cheek asking that much I, for it. And the other thing I've noticed about you, Dave, is that I don't that a show, an episode doesn't go by where you don't talk about how large your collection is and My, how yeah how, how how big you are, how girthy it is, <laughs> <laughs> how you just can't put your hands around all of it. It's yeah. It's <laughs> no, how no. old it is, how dusty <laughs> it is. <laughs> so yeah, it was anyway. The Invisible Man, um, vegan alert. Whee! Whee! So, yes, there was one I noticed on her. Cecilia leaves the dog more than once, and she is never shown leaving him food or water. Aww. So whenever there's an animal in a film, you've got to show it being fed and taken for a poo. And it drink and loved. <laughs> so there's the vegan alert for that. Loved it, mate. Um, I was expecting a bit of a CGI fest. Mm. You know, the classic, oh, look, there's a raincoat and hat floating along. And there's the Invisible Man. This, apart from the final act where CG does come into it, but it does it in a good way with where the character's in the rain. So you see, which has been done in like Hollow Man and other films. Uh, where you just see the outline of them. And it's got a great title sequence to begin to do with waves crashing against a rock. I thought that was a great way to start the film. Mm. But for the first two thirds, it just uses space, nothingness. And the way the composition of the shots is brilliant, that there's nothing there. You don't see, like I said, you know, a floating hat and a raincoat. You see nothing there. And that's so shit scary. But, yeah, it's, it's your imagination, done. isn't it? That's the exactly. Thing. Yeah, um, I mean, I love the the Claude Rains, uh, you know, the black and white from yeah, yeah, from way back when. I remember watching that when I was a kid, and that that was 
great like you said that's the sort of like you know where he wraps his his face in bandages and the glasses and everything but that was cool then the i suppose the most recent one i've seen which is invisible man related was the um kevin spacey um hollow man yes yeah, yeah. which is very hokey and <clears throat> uh and daft and you know uh, paul verhoeven directed that um so but yeah but now i've heard good things about this i think mark kermode loved it and mm. um other people have said how good it is as well. So I'm tempted to check it. Like I said, oh God, if it was a tenner, I might even be, be, be sixteen pounds. And yeah, it's just that's no, way too much. Seems a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Really. But it is. It's really good. Very tense. Uh, and just like I said, just using using silence and nothing, just blank spaces, is so effective. Uh, yeah, enjoyed it. Very very good. Uh, far mm. outstripped uh, what I thought it was going to be. Fantastic. Mm. I've got one more before we get to the double dip, but I'll throw it back to you, mate. Oh, so this was my highlight then. So I saw this at the cinema um, when it was released. I think it was in... Oh, God, I'm losing track of time. Um, I can't remember when it came out. But anyway, Parasite. Um, You've seen this, have you? Yes, yes, yes. And because obviously this won Oscar. It's the first foreign film that's won an Oscar, isn't it? For Best Picture, isn't Mm. it? And Best Director. Was it Best Picture and Best Director? I I think it was, yeah, yeah. and so, you know, so that intrigued us and saw it at the cinema and absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. Um, I'm not going to say anything about the plot because I think it's one of those that the, the less you know about it, the better for you. But it's it's funny. It's tense. Uh, it's it's scary. You know, it's 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 such a good film it's such a well put together film it's just well, i've loved it absolutely loved it and it's well deserved you know for its win in terms of uh the oscar it's just it's brilliant absolutely brilliant um yeah oh really good like you said really funny and very dark um but yeah absolutely loved it what did you think about it oh yeah i thought it was a great film uh it draws you in from the beginning yeah, uh, very clever the way that the whole thing sort of plays out bit by bit, uh, and then you're rooting for different people depending on you know as it goes along. You think, oh yeah, I'm rooting for them, and then they do something a bit shitty, and you think, oh you twat, <laughs> and that sort of change tense. Some really great tense moments in it where you're thinking, fucking hell, uh, yeah, really good. Uh, one that's worth a few rewatches as well. I think mm-hmm. get more out of it each time yeah. you watch it. You know, you're seeing different things happening. Uh, and sort of concentrating more on different characters. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and again, uh, it's subtitled. I don't know if there's a dubbed version out there, but I would. Oh, I always recommend if it's a foreign film, watch subtitles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I've I've said this before, but I tend to anyway. I, 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 with any film, I always yeah. put subtitles on. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just that I've, I've done it for years. Yeah. So I do yeah. with video games. Every video game, I always yeah, have the, yeah. the dialogue showing. Same here. I don't know what it is. I just seem to take it in better. Like, because if I'm reading it as well as watching it, then I just seem to prefer, find I, I get more drawn into it. Yeah. There you are. Well, my movie recommendation for this month is Colour Out of Space. Uh, directed by Richard Stanley, which is great to see him back in the director's chair. You might know him mm-hmm. from years ago, Just Devil Hardware. Uh, two great films from way back when. Uh, it's the see, story... I- Sorry, the, uh, sorry. So he was the uh, he was the original director for the remake of The Island of Doctor Moreau, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then he got kicked off, and I think it was John Frankenheimer who. Yeah, I think took it was over. a documentary about all that happening as well, wasn't there? Yeah, because didn't he? Um, 
didn't he sort of infiltrate the set as well? Or, or he was apparently, yeah. yeah, disguised himself and snuck onto the set, and because he was he was fired from the movie, wasn't he? Yeah. So Val Kilmer was in that, and that was around the time I think when Val Kilmer was getting a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a you know prima yeah. donna. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Interrupted. No, no, it's good. No, it's good to see Richard, Richard Stanley back. Um, Nicholas Cage is the the dad of a family, a husband and wife. Uh, two kids, and you know they they they've moved away from the big city and they're out in the sticks. And then one night, something crashes from space into their back garden, and they don't know what it is. And then it begins to fuck everybody up. Now it's not a monster or anything like that. All you see is from, well from the title, "Color Out of Space." It's like this mysterious colors that appear, and it twists. Uh, their minds it's slowly sort of driving them insane and it has other effects on them too Nicolas Cage as always is amazing you do get some cage rage in this he does go bonkers in it which is mm. always awesome to see one of the really good things about it mate is its use of practical effects there's some cracking practical effects some which reminded me of the shunting scene in society <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Which is always a two thumbs up from me, and uh, yeah, it's it's just great because the whole family just starts going bonkers and everybody's losing control. And again, the less you know, I was fascinated by. It. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, it's it's almost two hours. It's I think it's only about eight eight minutes short of two hours long. Went by in a flash. Never got bored of it. Something's always happening. Looks wonderful. I mean, the use of colour in it as well. The use of sound in it. And again, add on to that the practical effects, which are a bit gooey and slimy. And a few times we were like, fuck it, that's a bit horrible. Um, but yeah, and again, you're drawn into the characters and you're rooting for them, even though sometimes they're doing really shitty things because they're losing their minds. Mm. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I can see, though, I can see some people watching it and going, what the fuck are you talking about? I thought that was shit. I think it could be one of those that not many people would be on the fence about. I think it's one where you think that was awesome or you'd go that was shit. Mm. So I'm definitely on the awesome side of the fence with this one. What was that film that he was in? Mandy, that was it, um, which you didn't like. I hated but, that. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. I I really liked it. I think you said that Tina liked it as well, didn't mm. you? Um, yeah. Is it well? Is it a bit like not a bit like that? But I mean, looking at the posters, they kind of have a bit of a psychedelic look to mm. them. But both, um, but they're di totally different films. I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I tuned out of Mandy before it finished. I just got so fed up of it. I ended up on my phone and Tina watched the end of it. I, yeah. I don't know. It just didn't click with me. It's one of those. You know, sometimes a film just for whatever reason doesn't click with you. And Mandy was one of them with me. Whereas this was the Complete opposite. I was just like locked onto the screen with it. I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. And again, you just can't wait to watch it again. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's based apparently on um, a short story by H.P. Lovecraft as well. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I shall have to check that one out. Yeah, it's good. Bit, like I say, bit gloopy though. Bit gloopy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shall we? Shall we take a break and come back with our double dip? <laughs> yes, I think we should. <laughs> And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. 
So let's take a look at what's coming your way. My papa always said, Hi, Massimo. You get what you work for. And I knew how to work it better than anyone. Oh, I think I'm making you wet. I missed you. You deserve a nice, refreshing beverage after the workout we just... Hey! You cheated on me with a car salesman? No, a little. Peggy dumped me. I have no money, no home, no helicopter. You could always try stealing your sisters. Hey, hey, hey Sara! What are you doing here? I wanted to see you and my sister. Sobrino! Sobrino? Sobrino? I said, Sobrino. Sobrino. That's it, Sobrino. It's Hector! His name is Hugo. I am trusting you with my car, and I am trusting you with my son. Wait, wait, wait. Friend of yours? She doesn't even know I exist. Who is she? Oh, that's Arden's grandmother. She's perfect. I can teach you how to use your skills of seduction to get what you want. When do we start? Lesson number one. Eye contact is power. Women will lust after you. Eye contact, eye contact. Guy, right? I know. You need to go out there and find yourself a job. Condos, condos! <laughs> Guys like you and me. But it's going abuelito. We do whatever it takes to come out on top. Just a woman with my eyes. I, I never used those words exactly. Sure you did. I wore it all down in this notebook. What notebook? Como que por catortillazos? It's okay. I just let him drive from around the block. Okay, welcome back. So we are back with our double dip selection uh, for this month, and. Um, this the whole point of this is that um, we both pick a film that we've never seen before. That's mm-hmm. it's as simple as that, really, isn't it? <laughs> it is. uh, there's no great secret to it. It's just we both pick a film that we've never watched, and then we uh, we come back and we uh, talk about it. I think we did have a, a listener feedback on this one from Twitter as well, didn't we? We did. We, we had a cu- couple of for one of the films anyway. So the film that uh, I picked. Um, and there is a little story behind the reason why I picked this is from 2017 and it, it stars Salma Hayek, um, a guy called Ingenio Derbez. I think that's uh, <laughs> I probably slaughtered his name. Um, Rob Lowe, uh, Kristen Bell. Those are probably Raquel Welch. Yes. Yeah. There you are. Um, and uh, yes, uh, Michael Serra, uh, whatever happened to him, uh, <laughs> in a brief cameo. Um, and then the film that you picked um, from 2020 uh, on Netflix stars um, Mark Wahlberg and Alan Arkin. Um, those are probably the two biggest names in it. You've got Alan, uh, yeah, Winston Duke um, and uh, Bikine Woodbine. But uh, yeah, and that is Spencer Confidential, um, directed by Peter Berg. So, which would you like to pick first? Do you, you want to? I don't mind. I will leave it in your capable hands, mate. Well, shall we go with um, 
uh, how to be a Latin lover then. Go on then. As soon as I set that up. So um, this is on Netflix at the moment. And I thought this was like a, a Netflix original at first. But then when I started to look into it, it actually I realised it came out in 2017. I'd never heard of it at all. The reason why I picked this was because I sent you a whole host of comedy movies because I thought, well, you know what? <laughs> I really need to have a bit of a laugh at the moment. <laughs> so, um, But the reason why uh, I selected this uh, was because um, I'm playing video games at the moment with um, with a guy called Pete and um, he's part of the fishy pricks. I've written about them in some of the reviews and you know, we, we <laughs> the reason why we've got that name is because uh, we all got together uh, back in 2013. I think it was, he used to listen to the same coin. And then, um, so there was me, Wayne, everybody knows who Wayne is, who's listened to these shows. He's my, my, one of my best mates. And then you've got uh, Tom. And so, we all got really close because we played Call of Duty Ghosts well, back in 2013. And then life happens. We kind of like, you know, we didn't get a chance to see each other. But we always met each other every year at Eurogamer. So even though we didn't get to play together like we used to, um, we always saw each other at least once a year. So anyway, um, we hooked up again last year uh, when Eurogamer moved to... Uh, London and we saw each other and we spent a day or two with each other and you know and then just so happens that I said you know let's start playing up again so we did so we've been spending more time playing together which is awesome hmm. so um yes oh sorry so that's the, the the name behind fishy pricks is that ben called us that because cod obviously fish uh and then he basically just calls us all pricks <laughs> there's no there's no you know it's not very um scientific or um sophisticated shall we say but you know it, it's worked but then we've got a little our whatsapp group is the fishy pricks we've just always called ourselves <laughs> that anyway so um i was playing uh funnily enough the new call of duty with pete uh, recently and i could hear his wife laughing in the background i said to him what's what's she doing and he said oh, i was just watching a film i was like okay well, that sounds good you know she's laughing her head off uh and then um, a few days later, she sent me a message saying this is the film that she was watching and it happened to be How to Be a Latin Lover. So I thought, well, if she's laughing her head off at it, then <laughs> let's stick it on the list. So then I'll, I'll put it on and um, the list and I think you selected it because it was uh, you hadn't seen it either. So anyway, the story uh, behind this, the little synopsis on IMDb is... Finding himself dumped after 25 years of marriage, a man who made a career of seducing rich older women must move in with his estranged sister, where he begins to learn the value of family. And uh, there you are. So that's the, the synopsis. So, so yeah, that, that's it. It starts off with a boy and a girl, brother and, and sister, and they're talking about what they want to be when they grow up. And then their dad dies and... The, the boy says, well, he just wants to be a Lothario. You know, he just wants to go around and shag older women and, <laughs> and take their money. So he does. It, it shows him as an older sort of like, you know, I suppose a early 20s, late, you know, teenager, uh, late 20s, uh, early 20s teenager or, you know, fuck me, get my words out. <laughs> finish us. Finish late as we started, mate. <laughs> teens, early 20s. Jesus Christ, that was hard work. And, you know, he's then, he's working at a hotel and he's got this whole thing going on where he, you know, these older women go and, you know, he, he hooks up with this woman and he, he meets up with her. She's rich and he, he expects her to die. Anyway, 25 years on, she's not dead. And that, but he's kind of living the life of luxury 
And then uh, he goes out to buy a car, which, as I said, the car salesman happens to be Michael Serra. And then um, she ends up dumping um maximo is his name um the main character and then goes off with michael Sarah, and then he because he, he's got pen he's penniless and he's never worked you know in his life pretty much so and then he goes to move in with his sister who's played by salma hayek and she's got a son and her husband has died so they're coming to terms with all of that and then you know he wants to then find a rich widow to get back into his life of luxury and it's all about that and it's all about sort of um you know getting to know his family because he's estranged from his sister and uh you know getting to deal with real life in quotation marks because you know there's there's nothing really it's all very fantastical and everything all about the the things that he goes through so uh just before i move on the 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 metacritic is 54 um, the IMDb is where is it? Uh, Thirteen thousand reviews, Ooh. five point nine. Hmm. It's got okay, so mm, average, I guess. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, the, one of the top reviews, the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Marino is equally at home directing the broader physical comedy and sweeter bonding sequences between Maximo and Hugo. That's his nephew. Even as the overlong films, two distinct personalities never managed to coalesce into a self-containing whole. That's one. Um, middle of the road, Roger Moore uh, <laughs> from Movie Nation. It's promising in premise, but limply plotted, offering uh, Derbez too few chances to cut loose, even as he makes the most of a game and goofy Hollywood supplied supporting cast. And then the worst one is RogerEbert.com. Um, how to be a Latin lover all too quickly devolves into a nearly two hour slog showcasing Mexican comedy superstar Eugenio Derbez's attempt to seduce U.S. audiences with a cheesy bilingual spoof of an ethnic stereotype long past its expiration date. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I watched this with Kay earlier on this week and I... I have to say, I know we've mentioned it before, but Mark Kermode is a famous film critic in in uh, the UK. He has a, a laugh test, doesn't he? I think it was it five or six laughs. Six, six laugh tests. Six. So yeah, you've got to laugh six times for it to be a successful comedy. Um, for me, it more than surpassed that. Um, I would say that I laughed out loud quite a lot in it, um, and um, it's it's very saccharine sweet in places um but it also i quite liked it it's quite a cute comedy it's not don't take it seriously at all and now push it it is pushing two hours so it is it does feel a little bit overly you know long um but you know in with the likes of movies like mrs doubtfire and things like that you know it's that was a bit, you know, saccharine, sugary, sweet and everything else. But then it got heart behind it. It was directed by Chris Columbus, I think, wasn't it? Um, you know, but anyway. Yeah. So I quite liked it. And I whereas like with, where with Kay, I thought she'd like it more than I did. But she just thought it was OK um, and didn't laugh after as much as I did. I don't know why I found it so funny. I, I just I did. I, I, and I did find it quite sweet in places. Um, I'm a big softy, you know, at heart. So. Um, I, I don't mind sort of, like I said, movies that are a, a bit on the nose when it comes to, you know, this, this sort of um, 
you know the 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 sweet sort of you know it's it's a bit too much do you know what i mean some mm. people find it too much and a bit too over the top and it's a bit too on the nose um but yeah i quite liked it i like the characters in it there's some daft characters i mean rob lowe's fucking ridiculous as well like so he plays maximo's mate and they're both shagging older women and um you know they're kind of com- friend- friends at first then they're competing to a certain degree raquel welch fuck me what's what what's happened to her face um i don't know i didn't i didn't see her face i'd have to rewind it to to see her face she was wearing a low-cut dress wasn't she yes but yeah. i mean it's her fa- bloody hell i mean she's got to be getting on a bit but i mean there's no she's got no worry lines because it's all fucking botox state of her <laughs> to oblivion um she's 80 then, you're joking she's 80 she'll be 80 that, in september that is mental i mean honestly i didn't realize that god but um salma hayek i have to say i've always had to think for her and mm, she just get- thing is. <laughs> yes um she she's I, I really like her. I mean, just she's. Um, I, I just yeah. There's lots of things I like about Salma Hayek, um, <laughs> but you know, I think she just gets better with age. I mean, she's kind of almost the would be like a perfect woman for me. You know, she's got a bit on her. She's got a bit of meat on her. She's got. <laughs> I mean, you know, she, she's great. I just yeah. So as you can imagine. In her earlier movies, uh, from *Dust Till Dawn* and uh, *Desperado*, mm. where she wasn't shy about getting a bit of flesh out, but I just think she's got a bit. She's better with age because yeah, yeah. things have, you know, she's got a, a bigger ass and a bigger tits. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to our female listeners, and uh, you know, the um, I'm sure vegans won't mind me talking about that because it doesn't involve <laughs> animals. <laughs> but uh, you know, the uh, it, it, she's just. I, I really like her and uh there's there's some slapstick comedy in there there's some daft comedy in there um you know Kristen bell not quite sure why she's there she plays yeah. a uh a frozen yogurt um uh, shop assistant keep you know whatever and she just pops up and for some reason i don't know why um so there's there's a lot in there that's not brilliant and i'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying this is brilliant <laughs> but i liked it and i think it's daft enough that it it doesn't take itself too seriously but it's kind of got those you know sweeter moments where mm. you know real maximo starts to bond more with his nephew and um you know yeah so i i liked it and it yeah anyway what did you think yeah, I thought it started really well. Um, well, it, it passed the six laugh test for me as well, which, like we said, is a good, always a good benchmark for comedy. Uh, when the brother and the sister are kids, and you, like you say, you see them, and the dad's driving home. He's like a long distance truck driver, but he's knackered because he's been driving so long. And they're watching him, and he's getting closer and closer. And the dad falls asleep at the wheel, and it crashes through their house, mm-hmm. and goes through the other side, and. That, I mean, straight away, I was laughing out loud at that. I thought, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, and then they shout, Dad, are you OK? And he goes, yeah, I'm OK. And then the truck explodes into a big ball of flame. And I was laughing again. I thought, oh, OK, this is this is going to be a fun ride all the way through here. Uh, and then you see Maximo, like you said, as you know, in his teens, uh, 20s, and he's working at this posh hotel and he's around the bar and he's got like these bright yellow budgie smugglers, speedos, um, whatever you want to call them on and he comes out of the water and again he so he walks up to this older rich woman and he's you know he's just got out of the pool and he walks up to her and he you know this water dripping everywhere and he's standing he looks her in the eyes and says 
am I making you wet? I was like, oh, this is starting like really well. I'm like so into it. And there were a lot of really good laughs all the way, all the way through it. Mm. Uh, Some of the things that, oh, on the, on the flip side of it, um, it's, yeah, it did get, it got so, it did get very schmaltzy. At the end, it was like, oh my God, that's like too much for me. That's Uh, the word I was looking for, schmaltzy. Yeah, it was, it was. I know I didn't mind this stuff because you knew what was going to happen because he moves in with his sister, Salma Hayek, and she's got the young kid. And obviously some Maximo and the kid sort of don't get on to begin with. And, you know, and Maximo and his sister don't get on. And you know what's going to happen. It's like everything's so telegraphed. You know they're going to make up. And, you know, and you know him and the kid are going to, you know, get together. And, I'm, you know, I was fine with that side of it and, you know, that bit. Yeah, it's okay. It's a bit sugary, but I know it's going to happen. But it did sort of, did jump the shark a little bit towards the end with too, too sugary sweet. It was, oh, mm, yes, getting, yeah, getting yeah. diabetes watching it. It's just so fucking sugary. That was a bit cringy. Um, but again, I was sort of expecting it. But in between that, there was some genuine, genuine laugh out loud moments in it a lot of giggles like you know sniggers <laughs> that going on um i think my thing and I, I think it's i'm in the middle i didn't think it was great i didn't think it was shit i thought it was okay uh, again a plus point is it passing the six laugh test for a comedy um there's bits that stayed in my head that I still thinks funny about it it's just unfortunate that a lot of it was just so predictable and there's one thing in it and it's what the next film that we're going to talk about as well there's this one particular movie trope that happens in this and happens in the other one that is supposed to be a surprise, but it's so telegraphed earlier yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. in both films, I said to Tina, blah, blah, blah is going to happen. And of course it does. And it's supposed to be, oh, this is the big, yeah, big reveal, a big surprise. But it's just so telegraphed and it's mm-hmm. used so often in films that audiences are savvy to it and you're going well that's not a surprise i saw that coming a fucking mile off so Mm. that was a bit of a disappointment um but i wasn't expecting anything you know too innovative or you know oh wow that's going off in a direction that i never knew about it took me on it took me on a journey that i knew exactly what where the destination was i knew exactly what sort of signposts we were going to go past on the way to the destination but there was a lot of funny bits on the way there and like you said mate Salma Hayek, oh dear me. Tina mm. knows. Tina knows about my obsession with Salma Hayek, <laughs> and I do agree. She just she just keeps getting better as she gets older as well. Yeah. So yeah, that that was a big a big plus point. I've got to admit, <laughs> as yeah. shallow as that sounds. No, no. It, and the other thing as well is that um, I mean, just that there's a the really one of the sequences. I it was like really funny was. Um, where he's trying to recreate the, because uh, obviously he's he's older now, so he's mm. got a, a pot belly, you know, and he's he's not as he's got grey hair and and all that kind of stuff. So he's trying to seduce Raquel Welch, and he's so he's trying to recreate the scene from where when he was younger, uh, you know, where he's got a six pack and he's got like you said, budgie smugglers, and he he goes to, he manages to buy a, a way into trying to see. Um, Raquel Welch and he he gets this he goes to the bathroom and he finds some um chew polish so <laughs> so you know he puts it on his chest hair and he puts it on his beard through his hair and you know he's he's got these yellow budgie sm- smugglers but you know he's so he's trying to hold his belly in 
and then he dives into the water and you can imagine what happens and i just cracked up i just that thought that's yeah. really funny yeah. so yeah there's some funny stuff in there some daft stuff like i said but yeah i i would recommend it like i said it's uh for it for a for a laugh i think you know as long as you don't go into it thinking it's highbrow comedy yeah then you'll be all right yeah yeah, yeah i could guarantee yeah people will will get laughs out of it and you know again that's what you want from a comedy and it's you are going to laugh at it but you know you're going to get oh it's a bit sugary sweet and you know where it's going to end but yeah it it was fun it it was fun yeah. mm. hmm. cool oh awesome yeah. uh the next film then what do you say spence not much how's it feel getting out we have a little going away message for you for me give him hell spencer Gotcha. You made it. Try and stay on this side for a while. Let's go see your girlfriend. Five years ago, you got yourself sent to prison. What was I supposed to do, wait? I'm sorry. I love you! How do you like that? Let's go. Yo. Henry! What? You said I'd have my own room. Look, this is Spencer. Spencer, this is Hawk. You two are gonna be roommates. I'd like you two to get to know each other. Mi amigo! Hey, que pasa? You just got out? Yo! Get in! You're in big trouble. For what? You smashed the car through a restaurant! It's time you tell me what's really going on here. Picture this. Dirty cops, drug cartels, some big politicians all working together. When I was a cop, I was trying to take these guys down. But they framed me. So what's the plan? We're gonna blow this wide open. You want in? No, 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 no. You don't get the cold gun. Hawk is the name of a man with a shotgun. Spencer does your taxes. That was good. I'm gonna let you have your little gun. Who said you did as soon as he got free? You never learn your lesson, do you? You were gonna do what was right. With your strong moral code. This isn't a vibe for Boy Scouts. I thought you knew how to punch. There were five of them. Bring them out, bring them out. You're about to walk barefoot to the gates of hell. You got two grown men running around playing Batman, Robin, <gasps> and Alfred over here. Go for me, Alfred. Hey. So, this, as I said, directed by Peter Berg. Mark Wahlberg, um, the synopsis is when two Boston police officers are murdered, ex-cop Spencer teams up with his no-nonsense roommate Hawk to take down criminals. That's that's about it. Uh, on Metacritic, uh, sorry, yeah, IMDb, it's got a 6.2 out of 40,000 reviews. Um, 
Metacritic, it is uh, 49, so roughly the same. Um, it's uh, top reviews, um, Chicago Sun-Times, 88. It's a fantastically over-the-top drive-in B-movie from the, for the streaming generation. Um, one of the more mid-range ones, The Globe and Mail. Spencer Confidential makes far more narrative and visual sense the, than the incomprehensible Mile 22 and carries less of the American first odour than any of the pair's previous partnership. Um but it also proves that it is finally time that Berg and Wahlberg explored a trial separation. If you really love someone, guys, set them free. <laughs> and then the lowest one is the playlist. Uh, chalk this team Wahlberg's latest collaboration as a massive swing and miss, which ranks amongst the city's worst cinematic disasters. Um, what I didn't realise is that, um, and I think it was th due to somebody on Twitter that pointed it out to us, is that the characters are ba based on a TV show which I used to watch when I was a kid called Spencer Fire, which um, stars Robert Urich. Don't Did you used to watch that? The name of the show is familiar, but I can't bring it to mind. So the difference with that was that Robert Urich was Spencer and he was a private eye and his mate was called Hawk, who was a black guy, and they would go off and just solve crimes and solve okay. mysteries and stuff like that. I have vague um, memories of it from when I was a kid, something I used to watch with, with my mum. Um, and Robert Urich died quite young, um, tragically. I think he had cancer. Um, but he was one of the dirty cops in Magnum Force. Yes, you yeah. might have recognised him from that. Um, but anyway, so um, tell me what you thought about it, or tell me what you think about this, and why did you pick it? I picked it. I like Mark Wahlberg. I yeah. do like, like a lot of films he's been in. Uh, Alan Arkin in it as well. I like him. I like Peter Berg as a director. Uh, sounded good. Action film. Uh, you know good cop gone bad you know mark Wahlberg's a cop and he gets put in prison uh for something that i agree with because he, go, he goes to his you know police officer boss's house and he sees uh his boss beating his wife up not mark Wahlberg's wife you know the, the cop's wife um so he intervenes and sort of twats his boss so he gets put inside for it and then he's released uh and then sort of action ensues and i thought oh yeah this will be a, a really good actiony film um for me this sort of again sort of middle ground for it there was some really good action set pieces in it some good fights in it uh there was a lot of stuff in it that was very run of the mill uh going back to that movie trope that was on about with how to be a latin lover happens in this and it's when the main character has a best friend mm -hmm. and it then they're all matey pally all at the start and you just know He's, he's going to turn on him in this. He's the bad guy in it. He's going to do something shit. And sure enough, it happens in this. This was another one. It was so weird that both of these played out with zero surprises whatsoever. And again, yeah. I think I called like two or three things at the beginning. Uh, oh, it's this and it's this and it's this. And Tina was like, yeah, that is going to happen. There was like no surprises whatsoever. Now, in a comedy, it, it was fine with that for me because at least along the way, you know what's going to happen, but we're getting some laughs along the way. With this, it was just going along, and I was like, yeah, I know that's going to happen, and that's no surprise. And, well, that was a decent fight, but it was not... I'd have rather it have been, like, more of a 
hard 18 and the action in it they'd gone further with it it was sort of neither you know fish and a fowl it was it wasn't really hardcore action and it wasn't playing it so much the other way that there was nothing it would it just sort of trod middle ground all the way through with it and that's with the action in it that's with the story in it that's with the characters in it there was nothing again nothing shit but nothing great in it and it was like it's like I'd seen it all before. There was just no surprises. Again, what made it watchable for me was Mark Wahlberg, because I do, I find him very watchable on screen. Uh, when me and Tina were in America a couple of years ago, I think it was at Universal Studios, he'd done, it could have been one of the Transformers films, and there was one of his costumes there. Fuck me, he's a little twat. He's so little. <laughs> it is, because you see him, and he looks like really fucking beefed up, doesn't he? He's, you know, he's in good fucking shape. And then we saw his costume. I'm pretty sure it's from one of the Transformers movie. And we both and we looked at the sign. It says oh, Mark Wahlberg's costume from like Transformers. And we thought, fuck off! That can't. It's like it, it's a tiny little shit. He's so skinny <laughs> and small. That cannot be for Mark Wahlberg. Apparently, it was. So you know, I still wouldn't you know spill his pint or anything if I met him. But uh, yeah, apparently so. A lot smaller than you think he is, uh, but it's him on screen that got me through it because I just I just like watching him. Basically, I don't know what it is about him. I think he's got a good screen presence, but the film as a whole, again, it was nothing that I'd never seen before. It was hitting all the usual beats that you know is going to happen with nothing outstanding, and it was yeah okay. I mean, did did you find it the same? Did you find it more more? exciting to watch mm, so he's five foot eight so yeah we tower above him um <laughs> <laughs> um so for me it, it did feel very predictable um mm. it was very nuts and bolts yeah um it's you know it, it you, you can't you could see what was coming from a mile off like you said i think that it was mark Wahlberg is good in it because he's a bit of a gobshite isn't he you know yeah. and he's not he's not bothered about getting into fights um alan arkin's good fun in it um he, the guy who he teams up with hawk who's um so he goes to prison for five years mark Wahlberg, and then by, when he gets back home He's got a roommate who's this guy, Hawk, who wants to get into MMA. He's a big dude. He's the guy from um, Black Panther. He's, mm. he's one, of, one of the the warriors in Black Panther. So he's a big fucker. And, you know, he's he's um, he's hot-headed. And, he, you know, there's all that kind of setup. But he's also got this calm side to him, you know, where he massages the dog and, you know, talks to the dog about, you know, getting, taking the, the good things in and getting rid of the bad things out of your body and all this kind of stuff. So there's all that set up. I didn't find him particularly charismatic at all. I didn't find their relationship. It started to come together a little bit, but it didn't feel very authentic for me i don't know there was just some there was just a little bit of a disconnect that didn't work for me with the two of them together um but it's it came you know it started to come together towards the end a little bit it's one of those where you could a bit like the equalizer but i think the equalizer did it a lot better again with a tv show that yeah, i look, I look from, from the 80s that you know it took that premise took the character took the basic story but then the equalizer did something a bit more with it because that was a bit more aggressive and a bit more violent. And, you know, you kind of, you gave a shit about, um, I mean, it's Denzel Washington at the end of the day, isn't it? So, yeah. um, 
Whereas with this, it tried to do that and it succeeded to a certain extent. Did feel quite an old school type film in as much as like you said it felt a bit like kind of film you'd watch in the 80s a little you know what i mean mm. um but i still found it enjoyable to a, to a certain degree that i didn't feel bored by it you know um it is a it's nearly two hours an hour and 50 minutes um very very predictable but enjoyable um but nothing amazing no. I think similar to you, it's just um, it, you know, it felt kind of. It's it. I gave it two and a half stars, so it's it's middle of the road for me. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and the, the, again, for me, the both films have been middle of the road, but at least with How to Be a Latin Lover, it got it got laughs and Salma Hayek. So that was my favourite of the two. Um, I was just yeah, I've got to admit, I was a little bit disappointed with the Spencer Confidential. I think it's because I was expecting more from it, a bit more action in it, a bit more violence in it, but a bit more story that wasn't quite as predictable as it was. Um, but I, I didn't dislike it, you know. I didn't again. I didn't get bored of it or anything. It was just oh, I know what's going to happen, and it's I was. And I, I didn't, you know. A good sign as well is you know, I, I wasn't distracted by anything else. I didn't stop it and look how long there was to go. Mm-hmm. It kept my attention all the way through, but it's it's not one that I would I wouldn't rewatch it and I wouldn't buy it. Mm. But they have worked together quite a lot, haven't they? Mm. I mean, just yeah. just off the top of my head, I'm looking here. There's there's at least four movies I can see that they've worked together with, and in relatively short space of time. Um, <coughs> excuse me. There was that Mile Twenty Two. Yeah, Patriot's Day, Deepwater Horizon, um, one of your favourite films, Lone Survivor. Oh, I love that film. Yeah. Um, you know so. They have worked together quite a lot, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. Deepwater uh, Horizon's pretty good as well. I like that. Yeah, not watch that one. It's mm. got Kurt Russell in, hasn't it? Yeah. So, um, we but, did get yeah. some feedback on Twitter that you mentioned. I did tweet out a couple of days before we recorded the two films that we were going to talk about in the double dip. Uh, and the feedback we got, we got at number one Stuntmaster. Uh, I was surprised by Spencer Confidential as the artwork looks shit. But the film was good and worth a watch, and he hopes that there's a sequel. Mm. Uh, at Steve GS 7 uh, he enjoyed it too. Reminded him of a good old 80s action movie, which is what you said, mate. Mm. Um, at OC underscore Murphy's Law, uh, he enjoyed it as well. Uh, as for it reminding you of a good old 80s action movie, well, I believe this movie came from the 80s TV series. Here we go. Spence of Hire, did it not? So that influence came through, it seems. Um, and then at Steve, GS007 replied, uh, yeah, he used to watch the Spencer for Hire. That was great, too. Although as a teenage boy, I preferred Mike Hammer. Oh, mm. yeah. Remember that? Remember Sledgehammer? Oh, oh, Sledgehammer. Now, that, that was a good TV show. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. But I don't remember Mike Hammer. Might have to look that up. I don't remember that one. Mm. Yeah, so there we are. Two, so, two, two sort of averagey average picks. Yeah. Know. Nothing spectacular, but enough to pass the time. Yeah. Now, let's see what we're Sounds, come a, sounds a bit like my sex life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, passes the time. Nothing yeah. spectacular. Yeah. Do you wear sort of yellow budgie smugglers as well? <laughs> I have got a green mankini. Oh. <laughs> Believe um, Yeah, I had it as a secret Santa present a few years ago. So that... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I. Do you want to scare the kids? I'll walk around the house with that occasionally. Yeah. So. Now's the time where you could just walk around it. 
I might, I might walk to the shops, see how so fast the the crowds clear. You would, have. you know, or not the crowds, the the lines. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> nobody would come within six feet of you if you went out shopping in a green <laughs> mankini. That oh. would do it. Oh, right then, let's let's wrap up with the usual housekeeping shit, shall we? Mm. Uh, website. Everybody knows the website by now. Sixty minutes with uk. Contact us from on there. Email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. Lots of stuff you can email us about. We've talked about on this show. Give us feedback, vegan alerts, what you think of the films, so on and so forth. There is also on the website as well, uh, listener feedback. Now's the great time. You, a lot of people are at home. Two minutes. It's so easy now to leave us uh, feedback for the podcast. Leave us a little review. Uh, whether you like us or not, you can give us a one star, you can give us five stars, it doesn't matter. All helps to get us more interview guests, it helps us to get more competition prizes, raises our profile when we get in touch with different people and firms. So if you're listening to this and you haven't left a review, take two minutes and write us one now. That would be great. We had four new reviews in March, mate. How about that? Mm. So they're up on the website. Go and have a look uh, if you want to read what Where's, other people where is that just out of interest where, where can i find it on the website uh across the top you've got all the tabs at the top so you've got ones like meet the team yeah uh, podcasts yeah. um if you go under reviews yeah. so under the reviews Ooh, yeah. yeah you've oh. got video reviews of video games films and so on under the reviews there's one that says listener feedback click on there and they're all on there oh yeah yeah so that's brilliant i like yeah. that so it's safe because it was such a pain in the ass trying to people trying to leave them on iTunes and whatever. And then if if somebody outside of the UK left us a review, I didn't know because iTunes was so fucking stupid to work your way around. It didn't flag up when you got a review from a different country to what you were in. Whereas now if people email us a review, it can go up on the website and it's there for everybody to see. So that would be fantastic if you could just take two minutes to do that. Helps us out in so many different ways. Also on the website now, there's links to Amazon uh, UK. If you're buying anything from Amazon UK, if you would like to buy through the links on our website, that would be nice. We get a little percentage. Doesn't cost you a penny more. We don't know who you are. We don't get any of your details. We just get... Amazon go, oh, somebody's bought through your website. Thank you very much. Here's a little bit of money. All helps towards the running costs of the website and the podcast. We've also started on there. This was thanks to you, mate. Mm. Uh, if people want to buy from CD Keys, which you get cheap codes, cheap games, cheap credit for PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, all that kind of stuff. Again, clickable links on the website. Doesn't cost you a penny more. Again, we get none of your details whatsoever. Uh, all it does is CD Keys then go to us here's a little bit of cash for people buying through yours. So Amazon UK or CD keys would be great. Uh, say review would be great. We're on Twitter and Instagram at 60 minutes with Twitter again. Loads of competition prizes. Like I said, the one at the moment, 60 quid DVD box set. Amazing prizes still to come, even though I say so myself. Uh, and I know a lot of you are not on social media or Twitter. Uh, unfortunately, Twitter's so instantaneous for putting stuff up finishing stuff um we don't have the lead in time like we do with podcasts i'm tr like i said i tried to do podcast only but it's difficult uh you're going to get five chances to win below the belt grooming as well get that in before the 17th of march um and you'll get five goes in the in the random draw um but yeah join twitter if you want and retweet the ones for that and you'll get more as well as getting more entries into the competitions you also see more of what we're up to because I use Twitter as sort of the main social media outlet for everything that we do. 
Mm-hmm. And Reddit as well, 60 Minutes with Podcast. That's another way to leave us feedback or just questions and comments about each show. And we'll get back to you either on Reddit or on the shows themselves. I think that's it. That's quite a lot now, isn't it? Mm, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, lots of ways for people to leave us feedback and help us out in all sorts of ways. Yeah. I use CD keys quite a lot. So that's brilliant. That's really mm-hmm. handy for me. And if it helps us out a bit, then yeah. Yeah. All, all, all good. It is all good. Uh, and like we said, the last few episodes, people may have listened to them. Um, they were introduced with no with no episode number because we've got so much recorded and about to be recorded that we didn't know where to go in the timeline. Luckily, I know that we're recording this tonight, which is Friday the 3rd of April. I know it's going out this weekend. Um, after that, there's like you and Adam have already got a show recorded. You've done uh, Remastered Spotlight is ready to go. That's two I've got looking at me on my desktop now. Uh, I know you're recording more next week. I'm recording more next week. Tina is. Um, ben might be. I don't, Alan could be. I think Steve. I think all of us. Tom. I think there's stuff coming out from all of us. So um, stuff to listen to to keep people entertained and have a few laughs, I hope. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. 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 Well, shall we? Uh, shall we just bugger off now? Then after we've done that, <laughs> and leave people with the with those recommendations and maybe the odd one to avoid. Yeah, no, I think we did. There's another good show, mm. another, another good one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's always nice talking to you. It just feels like we, you know, the the time between doing them seems to sort of pass. But the, we haven't done an ABC a gaming show for a little while. But hopefully that'll be rectified next week. Yeah. But, uh, but there you go. I hope so but, too. Like, so there's so many shows that we put out it's um and there's but to be fair there's a couple of new ones which i just mentioned very quickly so they come under the abc banner but this is myself alan and ben uh this is the abc affording ahead so these these are the shows where we talk a bit more like our lives and positivity and stuff like that and um i think they've been generally quite well received so well, that's yeah, something yeah. something new as well as well as the other stuff that we, we do so i think we've got everything covered really haven't we i think we have and now we've got uh vegan alerts just just <laughs> oh god <laughs> just to be safe yeah watch films now with that in mind oh also going back before we finish and i think i brought this up over a year ago remember me saying that whenever you watch a film and it's set on Earth, so, you know, no outer space films and all of this. Every fucking film, there's a dog barking at some point. Could be in the background, this, that. A year later, mate, still not let me down. Every film that we watch that's set on Earth, there's a dog barking somewhere in it. <laughs> Seriously, keep listening out for it. Everybody listening, keep listening out for it. It was in How to Be a Latin Lover. It was in um, Spencer Converse, uh, Confidential. It was in the other films I talked about. Unbelievable. The reason I know that is because Bodie isn't a barky dog, but every time he hears a dog bark on film, it sets him off. <laughs> so every time we watch a film set on Earth, you can guarantee he'll bark. So yeah, they're two things to look out for. Well, listen out for a dog barking and watch out for vegan alert. And the leg up. Yeah. And the leg up, yeah. There you go. So, yeah, our sister Instagram account, on screen leg up. Search Instagram for hashtag on screen leg up. Uh, I've added some good ones lately. <laughs> some really good ones. <laughs> right. Let us go then, mate. And uh, we shall retire for the evening. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Thank you.